blessings in Jesus. You're listening to Philippians 1-9 Ministries with Patrick O'Brien, and today we want to talk about two different passages in Scripture. The first is going to be in Matthew chapter 10, and then the other will be in Luke chapter 10. And what we want to look at specifically is this power or authority that Jesus gave to the disciples, and more specifically, the apostles in Matthew chapter 10. So let's look at the context specifically, and who specifically Jesus gave this power to. We notice in Matthew 10, when we begin to read it from verse 1, he gives specifically, he calls to himself the 12 disciples who are going to be the 12 apostles that he mentions. Notice he mentions them by name in verse 2 through verse 3. He's going to specifically call them out. When we read in verse 1, he says, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Notice the them is referring to the 12 disciples, who then Jesus reiterates further down that those 12 are the 12 apostles specifically. We have to remember that Jesus has all authority. Not any man or self-proclaimed apostle or prophet today. The apostles of the first century, the 12 apostles, were unique and set as a permanent number, much like the 12 sons of Jacob. It was a unique office and a foundation of the church. And so once the foundation is built, no more foundation has to be laid. But that's a subject for another day. Specifically here we see in Matthew 10 that these 12 apostles that Jesus gives this power and authority to have some restrictions. Notice that specifically there's the the territorial restrictions geographically. He says in verse 5, these 12, who are the 12? Remember the 12 apostles that he mentions previously. They were, he commands them saying, go not to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans, only go to the remnant Jews, the lost sheep of Israel. Specifically, So he has, right off the bat, a territorial restriction. This shows us that this is not given to all believers of all time. Literally, we have to know that the authority of the exorcisms and the healing was given only to these 12 apostles. It was a unique power that came specifically with the apostolic authority. And it is not, again I say, it is not given to believers in general. Matthew, here in the gospel, is listing the 12 apostles specifically. So never in scripture are believers in general given the authority. The pronoun them is only referring to these apostles specifically. So now we see that he gives them the territorial and national limitations. They're not to go to the Gentiles. They're not to go to the Samaritans, but only the remnant Jews specifically. Now later, In the same Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 28, we do see that after his death and resurrection, that Jesus gives them a new commission to the apostles to make disciples of all nations and and so on. But now, here, in context in Matthew 10, these were to go only to the lost sheep of Israel. That's their instruction. It's not to go to the whole entire world. So we have to look at that in context specifically. Notice that they are to preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the messianic kingdom. They're to preach. And then we also see from verse 9 specifically that he tells them that they're to only bring a few things. 
He says that they're not to be concerned with the necessities of life. They have to trust God to provide for them as they went out to minister, they, that God would meet their minimal needs. This is not like the quote-unquote apostles and prophets that we see today. They're living, most of them, to, to a degree way above their means. Here, in context, if they're doing what they think that they have this authority to heal and do exorcisms, then they would also need to obey the same scripture that implies that they need to trust God for their needs and not take with them extra things. So we have to look at that specifically in context. Now again, this is not intended as a principle for all believers for all time. It's actually specifically for the apostles for a limited period of time. Remember, at the end of his public ministry, Jesus told them to take things. He had just told them here not to take. This is, again, illustrating that certain things were true only while Jesus was physically present here on the earth. So we have to take that into consideration. So that should be enough convincing of yourself that this is the restriction in Scripture that it was specifically given here to the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles given name by name, and they had territorial restrictions. They weren't supposed to go beyond this, this area, but only to the remnant, and they were only the remnant Jews, and they were only to not take anything with them. They were to completely rely on God. And there would be a blessing, and then there would be a judgment on whether or not they accepted the individual believers those who are worthy there in, in verse 11, that's the remnant in that town who are worthy specifically. And the blessing is on the individual, and we see that the judgment is more of a national type situation with them. And so that shows us in context, this authority is an apostolic authority given to the 12 apostles by Jesus at this time with specific parameters and things that had to be done. And of course, we'll see that in verse 1 of chapter 11, he concludes his, his command ends. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 11, And it came to pass, when Jesus had made an end of commanding his, what? His 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. So that's where he finishes that, instru- that instruction. All right, now let's continue with the same theme of this power and authority that Jesus gives to disciples. And let's move into Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, we have a Another unique situation where Jesus is giving disciples some form of authority and power. So let's look at this a little closer. In Luke 10, it says in verse 1, After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would go. So what we're seeing here is that Jesus is setting this up to where he's about to go on his last ministry. There's a sense of urgency here. This is what we're going to see is a short-term mission, and it has one purpose. It's to prepare for the coming of the king. They're to go to these different towns and villages and, and places that Jesus would go to prepare a place for him to stay along his way to Jerusalem. They had to prepare what we see would be a minimum of 35 places, 35 cities that he would be going through. They had to prepare for Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem. And it was going to be a first-come, first-served type situation. Once they found the house that he can lodge in, that's the place that they were to set up. Now he says that he also warns them to prepare for some widespread rejection, 
right? In verse three, he says, go your ways, behold, I send you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Now, he also tells them to not be concerned with the essentials and the things they need to have, right? In verse four of chapter 10 of Luke, he says, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way. He's telling them to be unconcerned with these things. They're needing to rely solely on God again. Now, of course, this is very similar to Matthew 10. So those who want to profess that they have some form of power and authority, well then, why don't they trust God for all the essentials they need in life as well? That's the question. That's a paradox in of, of itself. Now, we have to continue to look here. He says in verse 7, And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. In other words, they're not to go house to house and just see a bunch of people. Once you find a place, he needs they need to stay there and have that place be ready to prepare. In other words, again, once they had found that house that would be willing to accept Jesus when he came through, they were not to look for some kind of better accommodations. They were to stay where they were. It's that first come, first serve. And then, of course, when they find this home that's going to accept Jesus as being a remnant uh, Jewish believer there, they were to stay in that home. They would be fed and they wouldn't have to worry about having to have anything else. So we see that as well. As he continues, he's going to tell us again about this judgment, right? Those who accept them, you can give them peace. Those who don't accept them are going to have that judgment. We see later on in verse 12 and, and 13 that there's apparently different degrees of judgment for the unsaved. Because certain cities, it would have been better for them to not have, right? Those who reject the 70 disciples here would suffer essentially greater judgment than the inhabitants of Sodom and so on. So, you know, he mentions these cities in retrospect that he mentions as well there because they have already rejected the disciples' message. The, the general principle that we're seeing is the mission was for the acceptance or rejection of the 70 would be as in verse 16 here, it would be in the same as accepting or rejecting the Messiah, Jesus himself. So they go out and they do this thing. And now they come back in verse uh, verses 17 to, through 20. We see the 70 disciples returning. Remember, these are specifically 70 disciples that Jesus sends out and gives special instructions for. Remember, at this point, Jesus had many more disciples than just the 12 apostles. But the 12 were a closed group with Jesus constantly. but And they had that title of apostle. They're unique. However, in another category here, we see the disciples. And these are the 70 that went on a special mission. This isn't for all believers for all time. This was, was specifically a designated place and time. And they had a specific purpose of what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to go to these different cities, find a different place, and stay there as a place to establish for Jesus to come through on their way through. That was the rules. Now, it says in verse 17, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. This is giving an allusion to the coming doom of Satan. His coming doom that would happen. But notice how Jesus gives them this authority over serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy, and nothing could hurt them here in verse 19. But they 
should really have rejoiced that their names were written in heaven. And not that the demons were subject to them. That wasn't the point. The, the focus of their excitement should be on salvation and not any type of authority. So first we see that it was specifically these 70 disciples that had a specific program to do that were given this authority. Not all disciples of all time. It literally names these 70, just like the 12 from Matthew 10 were literally named out specifically. They were the 12. These are the 70. Not all believers of all time. This isn't a principle that follows forever. But here, they should have been more rejoicing in their salvation. They should have been more excited about the salvation of their names written in heaven. But notice here in verse 19, something that doesn't necessarily come out right in the English text. It says, Behold, I give unto you this power to tread on serpents and so on. While in the NASB, it would say something like, I have given you. This is a, a perfect tense in the Greek. And a perfect tense in the Greek is used to describe a completed action, which produced results, which are still in effect, all the way up to the present. So what we're seeing here is this is a completed action. He gave them this power. That's the completed action that produced the results. The results were there were now places that were ready for Jesus to go to on his last journey through up to Jerusalem. That is the situation that we are seeing here. Now, in another podcast teaching, we will, of course, talk a little bit more about Mark 16 and what Mark has to say as well that these signs follow and what that has to do with the apostles and so on. But we have to remember the authority and the power that the apostles have was to authenticate their ministry. We don't see any sort of apostolic succession. We only see the apostles doing these incredible signs and wonders and the apostolic legates or the ones that were with them or specifically instructed by the apostles at that time. All right, so that's going to sum up our in-context teaching with Matthew 10 and Luke 10 and understanding this power that Jesus had gave specifically to the 12 apostles in Matthew 10 and to the 70 specific disciples that were in Luke 10. Until next time, we'll talk soon.